Hi, and welcome to Integrative Lawyers of the World. Thank you for joining us and joining our efforts to transform the practice of law to one that honors our interconnectedness, that values what is really important, and that contributes to the healing of the world. And we do this by interviewing lawyers from all over the world who are already doing these things. Hi, I'm your host, Carrie Raleigh, and our guest this episode is Ana Luisa Echeluz. Ana Luisa is an attorney from Brazil, and her practice includes civil litigation, and she's a master in international trade law. And she is also a collaborative lawyer. She uses conscious contracts. She understands and explores uh, legal psychology in the practice of law. And she has created what she refers to her systemic legal vision. Hi, Ana Luisa. How are you? Hi, Carrie. Nice meeting you. It's a pleasure being here. Thank you for your invitation. You are from Brazil, right? And just to see how our interconnectedness in our whole world is. I'm actually sitting in Albania and you are from Brazil. What you had mentioned you're from the southern region of Brazil? Yes, it is. I am a southern girl from Brazil. Uh, I live in Porto Alegre, which is the capital of the southern state of Brazil, uh, nearby the frontier with Uruguay and Argentina. I used to say that I live in the non-export part of Brazil because I am subtropical. I have never, I've never been to Brazil. I would like to go to Brazil. And I would also like Uruguay and Argentina. It just, they all three of them look so beautiful. So I feel like by having you as a guest, I get to experience a little bit of it. So, <laughs> yes. Well, uh, I, I would say that um, here in the south of Brazil, we have the same costumes uh, that uh, they have in part of Argentina and Uruguay because we have the same geographic situation, which is La Pampa. Uh, the fields and 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 the cows and mm-hmm. <laughs> and horses. We are the gauchos uh, of Brazil, uh, the cowboys. Oh, okay. <laughs> the, yeah. the, cowboys the cowboys and the cowgirls. Ah, <laughs> oh, fun, nice, very nice. Um, before we started recording, you had mentioned to me that you're approaching. 40 years of practicing law. Yes. Wow, yes. that seems amazing to me. Yeah. When, when I heard saying for almost 40 years, I said, oh, I thought, oh my God, <laughs> such a long time in this legal world. Yes, I've been working in the legal um, profession as a lawyer for almost 40 years. Actually, I started as an intern at the age of 20, I, I, was, I was an intern in a law office, office that only uh, deal with a civil and labor uh, law, actually litigation. Uh, and that, this was my initial practical training as a professional. 
And since then, I've had a long career uh, and I've worked a lot in traditional litigation, both serving individuals and companies in civil and, and labor, but not only civil and labor, because here in our system, civil uh, is related and labor, both areas are related with um, commercial commercial yeah. trade issues. Mm. So that's why when you uh, asked me about my master degree in, in trade, uh, it, it was so different, but it's, it's related with our uh, civil system. Okay. And I've, I've been uh, practicing, like I said, since um, in 2010, I, I wrote and published uh, a personal book dealing with uh, research I did about my Basque origins. I live in the south of Brazil, but I have Basque roots, so it's a bit crazy. Okay. Uh, but uh, I started to, when I did that and do the book's success, um, I started to rethink uh, myself as a human being and, of course, the way I was working it reflected the way I was practicing my profession. What prompted you to uh, start this book project? It's about the Basque country and that's where your family is from? My grand-grandfather came from Basque country and my father uh, spent all his life talking about the origins without anything in his hand to understand what, what was being Basque. <laughs> so he, he connected some cousins in Buenos Aires in the 70s. And he was very enthusiastic. But, and then we, in the 70s, we restarted to, to have well, we, suddenly we had a, a, a big family with cousins in, oh, okay. in, in Argentina. So it was very excited and rich because mm. there's different cultures, different perspectives and different languages. And after that, unfortunately, my, my father passed away when he was 50, 53. So he left this uh, mystery um, lost and then I, I got the <laughs> I got the um, I, I had this uh, need deep need to 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 understand the whole meaning of being best so I started my as as I know my whole adult life trying to be in touch with this mystery. So okay. I did the research and when internet came in, into our houses, I, I, I spent a lot of nights trying to be in touch with something that I didn't know yet. <laughs> 
So in 2007, and it was something very interesting. Now I, I'm gonna be emotional <laughs> if you don't mind, but it, it, it was a, a, a full moon, you know, it, is it correct to say a big moon? Yes, no, it was, oh yes, it's, it was the blue moon. Okay. Blue moon. It was exactly the day of a blue moon, third, uh, May third, 31 of May, 2007, when I was having French classes with a French teacher at home. And I told her, wow, I, I'm trying to be in touch with Basque people. I want to, I want to, to understand more. I would like to, I, I, I found some Echalou's surnames in the internet. I sent some emails, but they, 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 don't, they didn't answer me. And, and she said to me, well, they are Basques, but they are French. So they won't answer <laughs> you back unless you call them. Are you, are you sure? Mm. Yes, I'm French. I'm sure. Let's call one of them. And I said, oh, are you sure about that? Yes. Uh, pick a name. And I said, oh, I want to call this woman. I don't know why, but I think a woman could understand better this need I have inside okay. myself. Who was this so, woman? Was she just like, was she someone that you thought was connected to your family or just someone from because of the surname? Because okay, of the surname. Um, so she had the same surname as you. Okay. Yes. And it was magical. It is, yeah. it is magical so far. Uh, the French teacher called the, that woman, picked the number in, in a list that I didn't know. Yeah. And asked, hello, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, Lohans. Uh, I'm, I'm a French teacher here in the south of Brazil. I'm teaching, I'm teaching Ana Luisa Echaluz, who is uh, a student and she's trying to find the connection with the, with the family lost in, in the middle of the time. And, and do, you, do you believe she said, she answered, oh, put her on the line because I speak Portuguese. Oh, wow. And, and if she is Echaluz, my house is her house. <laughs> really? And then the really, really, just like that. And then the teacher was petrified. She, she, the teacher was nervous, became nervous because she felt it was something, it was a wow, it was something magical. And, and she's, she, she, she said to me, she speaks Portuguese. And I said, what? <laughs> she speaks Portuguese. And, and when uh, the, teacher, the teacher gave me the phone, I, I, I lost my voice. <laughs> I, and, and as you can see, I, I don't have problem. I'm not a shy person. I'm very talkative. And I, uh, uh, oh, oh, hello. <laughs> and, and she said to me that she was trying to find me because she was trying to research the connection with South America. And during 
her um, research, she found my name in, in the internet and she wanted to be in touch with me, but she didn't know how. She was doing research on her own. Yes. The same time while you were doing research on your own. Oh my gosh, that's yes. amazing. The timing yes. of this and the connection. Yes, it is. And, and so since then, we started to be in touch. She organized a journey. And I've been in Basque Country for the first time in 2008. When I was there, I was uh, writing my, my experience in a, in, a, in a small paper. A so, journal. A journal, exactly. And I bought a lot of books because we didn't have anything in Brazil related mm -hmm. on Basque history. I bought books in Argentina and Uruguay, but here in Portuguese, we didn't have anything available. So my cousin from Buenos Aires sent me some books, but I wanted more. So when I've been there for the first time, I bought a lot of books. I paid a lot of money because my my luggage were... <laughs> yeah. I had to, like to spend a lot of money because of the books. So I came back to Brazil and I thought, wow, maybe I started to uh, read what I have had wrote. And I, and I thought, wow, it could be a good idea to put my emotion and to, to mix with some information about, about Basques. So the result uh, was uh, Basque Soul, the name of my book, which Basque became a... a, a Basque soul. soul, soul, Basque soul. soul. Okay. Yes, and so it became a huge success. Uh, I presented the book. Suddenly, my life was wall turning. <laughs> I was upside down. So I started to to receive a lot of invitations. I presented the book in your country uh, in two thousand. 12, 2011, I'm not sure. Uh, the book was translated to Spanish and I was invited um, to present the book in LA in a, in a Basque um, cultural uh, fair. Okay. I presented the book in the whole uh, frontier with uh, Uruguay, a lot of cities here in the South. Uh, the frontier with Uruguay and Argentina. And in 2012, I presented the book in the Basque country. So oh, uh, wow. it, was, uh, it was amazing because I was there in the middle of the Basques talking about Basques. <laughs> so what can you tell me about the Basque soul or your Basque soul? When you've been in touch with your origin, your real origin, which was something I had the opportunity to experience, it's uh, a catharsis. It is. Uh, I was mixing, uh, mix, uh, mixed emotion all the time. I, I, I thought I, I became bipolar or what's going on here? Because 
I, I was laughing and suddenly I was crying at the same time. And uh, it, it's, it, it wasn't uh, sadness crying. It was emotional. Yeah. Because it was so strong <laughs> that I became emotional every time <laughs> I, I talked about it. So this is, this is an amulet I have, I'm going to show you. This is an amulet because there's a lot of witchery. There is a lot of witchery there. There is a sand of the backyard of my grand grandfather's house. So from there is in there, is in that amulet? Yes. Yes. Uh, So you, (laughs) that's, that's pretty cool, actually. Beautiful and cool. So you were talking previously how this experience and researching this book and then going to the Basque Country and the whole experience, how it helped transform you and your relationship with the legal profession. How has exactly. how did it do that? Because uh, suddenly, because of the book's success, suddenly I started to unite people around the same need I had uh, to search more deeply of their origins, Basque in the case, Basque origins. Suddenly I brought people together rather than separating them through, for example, uh, a lawsuit. So I started to be, oh my God, what's going on here? Because I, uh, I, I always like it bringing people together. Mm. So since this fact this book situation, uh, it was more than a decade ago. And, and do you believe yesterday, yesterday, a woman from the south of my state, um, one hour from the border of Uruguay, less than an hour, half an hour, she lives there. She found me and she desperately asked me um, an exemplar of the book because she needed to be in touch with their origins. My book still the, the only thing written in, por- in Portuguese about specifically the Basques. So I, I told her, I, I have a few because the edition was sold out. So, but she insisted and I sent her uh, wow. an exemplar yesterday. And, and when I, I wrote, uh, I autographed, I wrote something I'm going to read for you. It's an honor and, uh, um, and an, emotional, an emotional situation to share with you a bit of my soul, which is your soul as well. Mm. Uh, and after all, more than a decade after the first presentation, this book still, it's, um, something served to connect a soul to meet another soul. Thank you. And then I, then I sent the, this message, message yesterday for her. Oh, that's <laughs> it was beautiful. That is great. Yes. So it was a huge impact in my mind, my soul, my heart, everything. Mm. I was just, oh my God. So I, I needed desperately to change a lot of perspectives. And I wanted to, to be in touch with um, 
to be aware that that expression, I show it through my book, didn't belong to me anymore. It, 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 it belongs to, to, for example, to this woman. So, and this is, it's a, it's a very interesting and uh, huge impact. So I, I, I wanted to be in touch with myself. I wanted to be quiet. I wanted to read. I wanted to understand the, this situation. So I got into the psychology. I restart to my, my academic um, involvement. So I, I devoted my attention to, to study psychology. I took this uh, specialization in legal psychology. And then I got into the master and, and started to be in touch with mediation. After that, collaborative law, and finally, conscious contract. I, I was going to ask you, so going through them, um, well, first, just briefly explain, I know we were talking about civil litigation. We explained what that was. What, what are some of the, let's go through the different things, legal psychology, um, then the collaborative law, and the conscious contracts. What were some of the things that you learned in your study of legal psychology? Well. I'm, I'm, I think you, I wanted to understand the, uh, the disease, the, the psycholo psychological disease and disorders. So um, I'm very positive. I am an optimistic person and very romantic. Yeah. So I had this, um, bad behavior to deny evil. Even I am a lawyer, even litigating, I was I, I, I was aware to, to see evil things related to people I love, but not related to me, to myself. So I wanted to understand. I wanted to go further. So in the legal psychology, I went, I started to, to study um, the, the psychology diseases and disorders as, okay. for example, narcissists and psychopaths, sociopaths. I wanted to be in touch to, to, to understand there's a scientific explanation and it was a way to understand better the human beings to mm -hmm. to to put apart the the, the a normal human being from um, a not normal <laughs> i don't know how to say <laughs> so i started with uh, legal psychology and which helped me a lot in the universe of mediation i can imagine in mediation it would help because you're understanding understanding those uh, possible psychological, I don't want to say uh, diseases or disorders or tendencies, behaviors, um, 
when you're trying to get parties to resolve a conflict, you have to understand who you're dealing with. Like if someone, if what, if a party, if one side is you're sensing is a narcissist, that might affect how you mediate the case. Is that right? Exactly. And, and not only as a mediator, but as a lawyer, if you understand, for example, that your client has a tendency or mm. uh, traits, tra traits, traits to be a narcissist. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, I'm able to give up of, on the case, for example. I don't want to be your lawyer because it doesn't matter. I, do, I just don't want to be in this case because I, I, I feel that there is a disconnection between me as a lawyer and the client so yeah i could see that i know like um because you emotions and psychology drive so much in the legal world not you know even in in my civil litigation practice i remember being frustrated i, I would talk with one of the partners in the firm where i was working and i would just get so frustrated at um, the process of litigation, meaning early on in the case, you can, you do your assessment, you do your due diligence, you interview the people, you could see, okay, this is where, and I'm talking about business disputes, it should settle somewhere in this range, right? Because here are the facts, here are the issues, there's strengths and weaknesses on each side, it should settle here. But it takes a year of discovery, a year of this and that to get the parties to that. And if you would just offer that amount right away and you, you know, explain everything, it wouldn't work. And the partners like Carrie, the parties have to do the dance. They have to feel the, I think maybe even said they have to feel the pain of litigation before they can let go whatever it is that they're holding on to. And I guess I don't, I really don't know where I'm going with this other than saying that there is the. The psychology of doing the dance of litigation that I wish there was a way to jumpstart to resolution. We are taking a brief break from this conversation to ask for your financial support. With each episode, we hope you can see how lawyers and peacemakers like you are contributing to the healing of the world. It takes many kinds of resources for the integrative law movement to keep going and affecting change. Your monetary donation can help us continue this important work by supporting the activities and members of this community. Each contribution goes to promote the stability and accessibility of the movement and to support basic expenses like our mighty network group, web hosting, social media and event management and this Integrative Lawyers of the World podcast. Because we like to give people choices, we have ongoing monthly options on patreon.com where you can choose a level of participation to match your budget. You can also make a one-time donation through PayPal. Thanks to our non-profit corporate sponsors, the Renaissance Lawyer Society, US supporters are able to make tax-deductible donations. Other countries, check your local tax laws. To help establish confidence in your choices to support us, 
We have set up an open collective, transparent plan to track how the community money is spent. For ways to support the integrative law movement and our world-changing work, go to the Integrative Law website at integrativelaw.com and click on Support the Movement tab. Search for Integrative Law on Patreon or use the phrase Integrative Law Financial Support for the Movement in your favourite search engine. Thank you for your support and spending time with us today. Enjoy the rest of this conversation. I had asked you about how do you, you know, you're a civil litigator, you're, you have international trade, um, legal experience and legal work. With your collaborative law, conscious contracts and legal psychology, how do you integrate or maneuver between all of those? I have different tools. It depends on the characteristics of the client of the conflict there the, I have I'm a, I'm a lawyer okay I, I can be collaborative the the best collaborative lawyer in the world but I, I'm able to to be on litigation it depends on the strategy you know, yeah. I, I'm able to be on the court, in front of the court. I'm good on it. <laughs> I was there. I was talking with Kim other day about this. Well, I was in the front of a, a judge two weeks ago talking and presenting my oral um, argumentation. And I was very comfortable because this w was a kind of conflict that demanded litigation. The situation demanded litigation, but there are other kinds of conflicts that you have to avoid litigation. You have to try to solve uh, in collaborative ways, um, collaborative uh, law or process or, or practice or mediation or negotiation. But I have a lot of tools. I, I don't deny any tools I have because it's part of being nowadays um, a lawyer. Yeah. The way I see my profession. How do you determine the, okay, uh, a client comes to you with a conflict and you see the other side perhaps um, or you at least talk to the other side attorney to get a, an assessment of the case, how do you determine, okay, this one needs to go the litigation route, or this is the type of case that really litigation is the right way to resolve this, versus maybe in this type of case, I can introduce collaborative law or at least collaborative principles to it? Well, I think the first step uh, is to know better your client and, and the situation the client brings. So I need to listen and to, and to interpret more the things the client showed me. In the past, uh, I, I didn't pay attention yet in, in a lot of situations because I only had one tool. I only had litigation. So my mind was prepared to go to this corridor. I but see. nowadays I have to open. That's why I talk about a systemic view. I'm 
open to try to understand and to communicate and to exchange communication, a better communication with my client. And nowadays I have psychological tools, I have sociological tools, I have the tools that we used to put on practice in mediation, mm. the non-violent communication, the, the non-adversarial non approach, and the questions, why and why and why, the five whys. And so um, I used to say to my clients that the first meeting, it's one that maybe we, we, we can spend um, more than one and two or another meeting in order for me to understand what's really going on. And, and after that, I'm going to be in touch with the other party to see if it is possible to, to start a negotiation or to, to go to a, in front of a mediator. But the first step and, and, and the main step is, is how to relate with my client, how to understand my client, to, to offer to my client a different strategy. And I imagine it means to be in a space where you where you were you're present when you're listening to your client. You're not focused on that one corridor to one path because now you have many. So you can just be present and then determine, okay, I, I see the see the situation with my client. I see the values that my client holds. And so now I can determine what's the best tool for this client. Uh, I had a situation in course, for example, there's a huge fight against two partners. They deal with, um, it's a clinic, it's a therapeutic clinic. They deal with, um, uh, I'm sorry, I forget in English. Um, yeah, a lot of um, psychological disorders, disease, okay. and they need to be very comfortable because they are offering um, a very important and delicate service. But they started a fight. They they started to to have a very bad relationship. When one of the, the partners uh, came to me and presented the situation because I want to fight against the other partner and I said, oh, 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 this situation requires more reflection to generate another strategy to protect, to protect you both from your um misunderstand misinterpretation because you are having of course problems of communication so you have to protect your clients because you you are offering uh, psychological services so this must be confidential of course and we started last week a negotiation 
a very delicate negotiation to to try to to reconnect the communication and and i asked a help for another collaborative lawyer from because this clinic is far away from my city so i i'm working with a, a, a another lawyer okay. who is a mediator as well okay so we are having those conversations um, long conversations to rebuild the relationship yeah this is a case different from the one i talked about uh, yeah that i was in in court but it, it requires this kind of this kind of um, approach. Uh, I think uh, it requires a systemic view because you have to understand what is going on in terms of the partnership itself, not only the relationship, but the accountability, the, the contracts they have together, um, a lot of the, the labor relations they they have obligations with so i need to have a, a systemic view yeah. because if i say something the, for example I, I could give an advice a wrong advice so it requires much more attention i think because I could see how some, without having that tool in your toolbox, someone would say, like, say, an attorney who didn't have that experience, when one of the partners comes to you, they might say, show me the partnership agreement, and we're going to look to see what claims you have against that person so we could sue them in court, you know, um, based on <laughs> your contract, you know, and I could see yes. where you said in this type of situation where they are therapists or providing therapists to therapy to clients and there's confidentiality and you don't want their reputations as exactly. therapists, right? To come out. So that does take a more um, approach to go to where a different approach I think is more aligned with their needs. It's nice that you were able to identify that when you're talking with your client and not putting your, you know, uh, what type of breach of contract, what type of claims, breach of partnership agreement, we're going to fight at all costs to get you everything that you need and beat the other side up, right? There's that path, or there's a path that, okay, what actually presents you in the best whole position? And let's see how we can get there. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. That's nice. It's like that. Mm. So with the, yes. so you're, using a collaborative law approach with that. Uh, you also mentioned you do conscious contracts. Can you just tell us a little bit about conscious contracts? Well, uh, I've been working on, I like to build and to put people together, like I said, mm. and to build and to help people to build relationships. And that's why uh, the conscious contracts methodology is so passionate for me. Mm. But it requires a lot of responsibility because yeah. it, it's it's um, you have to to help people to to create a constitution between them. 
the, the values, the principles, the, the system of uh, prevention and resolution of conflict. So it, it is a constitution, it's a mini constitution, I used to say. So um, you have freedom to, to choose, but you have in the other side, you have the responsibility. So uh, it's a very passionate uh, work to do. So I've been, I believe this has um, influenced a lot of people because each um, statement or live or interview I make about this, uh, I see an increase of interests. Mm. I hope uh, I, I hope it's more than, than my optim optimistic way of looking yeah. at things, but I, I I I feel that because we are living very challenging and different days, and it's in the whole world we are living in a global society, um, and the needs of people in general they are equalizing, so. And there's this um, crisis in our political and, and democratic and traditional systems of power. And so power belongs to the people. And it's not only a statement, it's for real. Because we, we have more information nowadays I, I'm, I'm able to talk with you, <laughs> to yeah, exchange with you, that it's in Albania, which is something <laughs> amazing. And when you have information, you have power. So we have this situation that the power, it's in the hands of, of the citizen. And you have to respect because it's a matter of dig dignity, yeah. of uh, uh, human rights. So when you talk about conscious contracts, uh, you, you, you bring to, to, to a client, for example, the opportunity to, to be empowered because it, it's, it's amazing. I love the, the methodology. I love the concept. And I've been dedicating myself to go further in, in those concepts, because I think it could be um, a way to protect citizens against this um, unsure that we are facing, this uh, instability of uh, institution, institutional stability that we are living. Do you think conscious contracts i guess how would conscious contracts come into play with that just by building better relationships between and among people through these conscious contracts or do you see the conscious contracts methodology being used in how our societal systems are put into place and created i've been i've been studying the um, the theory the um, the relational theory of the contracts created by Ian McNeil in the 60s. And he stated that a contract is part 
of the human behavior because a contract is the symbol of the exchange and yeah. we are exchanging as human beings all the time so this sociological approach of the contract uh, you not, um, join with the methodology with the the yeah. methodology in the in this case in this case uh, conscious contract it it makes a lot of difference and it became a very a very powerful tool um, a very powerful and democratic tool to a citizen maybe the idea of a creating a cultural awareness again that we are all in relationship with every other human being on this earth and in that relationship with other human being let's be conscious of that and go back into understanding our social contracts with others and there is a relationship between us and every other person and i might just edit this all out because I don't know where it's going but I have like these three ideas and I I can't seem to connect we are down making a brainstorm here yeah yeah <laughs> that, that, that's what it is okay no hmm. the thing is that um, people were talking a lot about to build a new social contract a global one and they are talking about the the crisis in the traditional constitutional systems, because each country they they lost they lost credibility. This, the the constitutional systems lost um, are losing credibility. So um, I was talking with a bunch of lawyers, friends. I was talking the other day about this about the fact that we are almost in, in a moment that we, we don't have much differences in common law and civil law, yeah. which is my system, mm -hmm. the legal system, because we are living this global situation. We have the same needs, almost the same needs. Of course, the structure, um, the base, structure in US is different uh, of Brazil, uh, of Africa, but as human beings, we are um, aware nowadays that we have the same needs, we have the same doubts, we have the same um, interests. And that's why they are, they are talking, there's, there's a man in, in German, uh, the name of the man, let, let me see the name, um, is um, Ginter Telbener. Uh, it's um, uh, one of the greatest names nowadays. He's in German and he, he has a lot of books about this new moment that we have to face in our constitutional systems because this um, technological revolution, revolution mm. pro produces a lot of challenges in terms yeah. of human rights. So, and it it belongs to the global. It's not only a matter of one or two or three countries. 
Yeah. So uh, he is one of those men that are talking about uh, about a, a, to build a, a global constitution. Interesting. A social, it's, a, it, it's based on a concept, uh, a sociological concept, yeah. not only legal and, pol yeah. and political. Mm. Hmm. It's 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 a very interesting. It would be interesting. I'm pausing. It's just like, how would that even work? Uh, <laughs> hmm. um, well, well, that's for some reading on my own. I'll, I'll read up on that. Um, so one last question. I want to be mindful of our time, but I do have one last question for you. Um, when you think of integrative law, or being an integrative lawyer, what does that mean to you? <laughs> I'm gonna tell you a story. Until recently, I didn't know I was an integrative lawyer. <laughs> I only identify my concepts with the concepts of the movement when I met Kim, uh, Jay Kim Wright, and we participated together in a dynamic on a webinar. Although I, I already knew Kim personally when she did um, her first uh, training in conscious contract in Brazil, but I had no closeness or identification with Kim's values, personal values and, and, and her activities and the habits and the characteristics of the movement she founded and, and she's leading. So we were on, 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 a, on this webinar and we were divided into rooms and in the room with Kim, it was just me, <laughs> two of us. And hello, Kim. <laughs> and we had this incredible moment together, um, something like 15 or 20 minutes to talk about our values. And when we started to, to work together, I found that we spoke the same language. Because and then I said, I am reflective. I've always guided my life and work based on principles and values. Uh, I've always sought to know more about myself and the world. I've always wanted to broaden my vision to have a better understanding and a systemic view like we talked about. And I said, well, you were talking about me when we started to, to exchange values. So uh, I, I was always uh, very creative and had a, a sort of re, uh, leadership spirit, being very easy for me to, to express myself and making a lot of mistakes in grammar, for example, of, and pronunciation in language. Um, I speak besides Portuguese, in, in this case, in English. And we started to laugh and we started to have this moment. So I, I decided to read more about integrative movement. And I, I as well, it, it, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, when I managed, like I told you, to integrate my most essential personal characteristics into my profession, a journey that, as I said before, I started with the, the search of my origins in a true and powerful regression therapy uh, was 
that I felt uh, whole as a human being. And as a result, I came back to rediscover uh, pleasure in my profession. Um, this time, I think I uh, adding what I consider the greatest, greatest value to my work, which is my soul. So today I, I'm very aware and happy to know that I can be considered uh, an integrative lawyer. <laughs> you ask what I consider, well, being in my opinion, an integrative lawyer uh, for me means uh, being able to unite the integrality, what I am uh, and what I can become because we, we are changing all the times as an individual with my legal practice. It means being authentic, uh, innovative, uh, creative and open. And that's how I, I like to think I am. I, I like to think I am like that. Uh, that what's made me happy as, as an individual, as a human being, and, and of course, satisfy and happy with my profession. <laughs> I love what you said, how um, to be open or to be who I am and who I may become because we're constantly changing. Yes. And that, that's a sense of awareness. I really like that. I love everything <laughs> that you said. I really, that really resonated with me. Is there anything else that you would like to say or add before we go? Oh, yes. Yes, okay. because you sent me the questions and there's, there's, a, there's a thing I would like to add in yes. this interview, if you allowed me. Please. First of all, I would like to congratulate all those who are working as integrative lawyers because I can imagine... It is not an easy task. Uh, uh, it is a long journey and for many, very challenging. I had the happiness, I had the happiness of making a very loving trajectory with a lot of emotion, uh, as I told you, which resulted in my book. I think it's my, my third child. But uh, I know that many integrative lawyers have gone through traumatic process and managed to transform their path into experiences of light. And this is one thing I would like to add. And the other thing, if you allowed me, I would like to speak a little bit uh, very quickly about a beautiful project that I am part of, call it Ola de Cid, the it's a Latin America collaborative organization. It is a project that is taking a very interesting format. And we, uh, what started uh, with a small group of Argentine and Brazilian and Colombian lawyers today involves a project with, with representative from 10 Latin America countries. And we are trying to create academic and leadership training projects in those countries. Uh, we recently organized an international event with uh, the Panama Bar Association that had an average of 50 people attending each of the events of a series of three. 
people from various parts of Latin America and, in, and even Europe. We created a project with collegiate, a co-direction as a triumvirate system between co-presidents and co-secretaries. There's no hierarchy. It has been a beautiful and collaborative work. That's why I would like to mention, if you allow yeah. me, the names of the co-founders, um, um, Juan Pablo Nevi, Silvina Matisic, Valeria Lombardo, Cecilia Irigoyen from Argentina, Viviana Giraldo, Pablo Arteta, and Paula Gomez from Colombia, Ana Melissa Espanol, and Mari Carmen Plata from Panama, Crista Tejada from Guatemala, Adriana de Leon Carmona from Mexico, Claudio El Clan from Uruguay, Diana Rodriguez from Peru, Maria Soledad Torres from Chile, Jacqueline Moraes from Brazil. I'm very proud to be part of this project and I have, and I have formed bonds and of friendship with those excellent professionals. <laughs> so is this something I... Well, I'm glad that you shared it. Is this project, um, is it for training for collaborative law to different lawyers throughout the, these areas? Yes, we are planning, we are planning to do that in Spanish in, in each country that belongs Wonderful. to the, the organization. Um, how did you guys all find each other to start this project? Online. Uh, online. Okay. <laughs> we found each other online. And then we started to invite friends and we, we have this organization. We have a page in, on Facebook and we are about to, to create a website. We, we, are, we are not a formal institution. We don't have a, a, a traditional form. We are a net, but we have this um, co-chairs uh, system because we live in different countries so each one uh, are able to contribute with something small but it it brings a lot to to the group so it's it's super i love yeah. the project if someone listening or if someone wants to have training brought into their country um is it is the trainings throughout south america well, the, in South America, for in Oladeseo, we didn't start our trainings so far. But in Brazil, we have an institute, uh, Instituto Brasileiro de Práticas Colaborativas. It is uh, IBPC, it's affiliated. Uh, with uh, I, ICP, EICP. The International Academy of Collaborative Professionals, yeah. And it's an important thing for lawyers to learn and it's an important thing for our society to have that collaboration and to help. You know, one of the things of the tenets of integrative lawyers of the world is to transform the practice of law in a way that helps heal the world. And I think that project seems to be doing just that. If anyone is interested in um, 
having your group give a training to them or to connect with your group, how would they go about contacting you or contacting the well, group? Well, um, we have this page on Facebook, Ola DC. Okay. And do you know, I, I'm going to tell you something that I'm very proud of. Do you, uh, do you know Stu Webb? Yes, yes, we interviewed yes, Stu Webb. Yes. yes, he sent us a message. Uh, how can I register myself in this group? <laughs> he, uh, he wants to belong to Ola DC. So we are very happy because after all, it's, it's too web. Yeah, that's and, wonderful. And, and it was a spontaneous uh, manifestation. We didn't invite him. He, he, is, he is asking to be part of our group. So. Oh, that's wonderful. Wonderful. Yes. And what is the name of the group again? Ola DC. O-L-A-D-C. Um, Organización Latinoamericana de Derecho Colaborativo. Collaborative Law Latin America Organization. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. And if you allow me to say uh, um, just um, uh, a last phrase um, mm -hmm. to the lawyers of the, the world, lawyers should especially understand in, in these times of pandemic, how much the structure of the citizens is affected, especially from a psychological point of view. We, we still don't know for sure the true impact, the extension of the impact of everything we've experienced. Uh, therefore, uh, the greater the reflection, the greater the possibility of a given effectiveness and sustainability in the legal world. And lawyers pay attention, a legal being is first of all a human being. And, and finally, I would like to, to, to thank you. And my message is one of uh, gratitude. I'm a very fortunate person, I'm, I'm a grateful for everything positive in life that comes to me. I would like to leave a message of joy to people, wishing they are as lucky to find their own path as I was, as I am. And related to the origins, never deny your origin, your roots, uh, as you may be surprised at how many questions there um, that were still unanswered can be answered to, through your roots. Don't give up, follow your intuition uh, or whatever it may be called. Uh, follow your heart and your soul as I followed mine. <laughs> and I would like to, to send a big kiss for Kim and for her uh, inspiring career and for the friendship that I have the honor to enjoy nowadays. Kim is amazing. And, and I would like to, to send a kiss to my beloved daughters, Laura and Sylvia, whom I hope to positively influence in life. I'm very proud of them. <laughs> so I'm a 
I'm a, a Latin mom, you know? <laughs> thank you. Oh, well, thank you so much for being a part of Integrative Lawyers of the World. Thank you for inviting me. It was a big pleasure.